Jamil. Yo. Yep, yep. Jamil, fresh off seeing Shaka Khan. Yeah. And she's awesome live. Like, she really is. Dude, (laughs) I have, first of all, I actually own a Shaka Khan Rufus album. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I found it in Atlanta in a a used bin. I have looked up footage with her, because her and Prince got on real good. So there's all kind of footage online of them on stage together. And it's all, I mean, like you said, even at a a fairly advanced age, she can still blow and everything. Literally. Like, her her background singers are awesome. And, you know, the background singers literally do, um, at least to me anyway, they literally do a good portion of their work on stage as far as, like, saying. But, like, Shaka Khan is still Shaka Khan. Like, and... She's still one of the most wonderful singers that it, that has ever graced this earth. She was a good drummer, too. Yes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When she was a little younger, she could do everything. She was a very impressive young lady. Okay, now let's get to Night of Champions because that's what we're going to talk about. And then we're going to do a quick little what we hope to get from the AEW pay-per-view tonight. And then we'll be wrapped. I don't want to go blow for blow too much. With Night of Champions, I just want to kind of have a fun talk about it, and we're going to do all of that after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. We're back. Jamil, just overall impression of Night of Champions. Night of Champions was uh, from A to F. I would give Night of Champions a solid B. Solid B. It was a a really decent. It's a really decent pay per view. Um, And then reading some of the behind the scenes stories this morning around um, match placement and certain things. Um, I kind of understand now why certain things were the way that they were. Right. But even with that, like, it's still, you know, there are a few hiccups, but overall, it still was a pretty good pay-per-view. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And I, I thought, like, first of all, we know that Becky and Roman got together and told Triple H in the contract negotiations that Seth is never allowed to main event a pay-per-view. As a rib, as a rib, you've you've seen the video where Seth and Roman are talking mean to each other but saying nice things in the car. As soon as that was over, Becky got in the back seat and they told Seth and laughed at him. (laughs) So, of course, Seth is the curtain jerker. He opens the show with uh, not a champion. And we all understand now, like you said, because Sammy had to be the last thing. And the way the story was going to unfold, that really needed to be the, the oh my God moment yeah. of the pay per view. And also, um, reading a story this morning from, I think it was Fightful, but I know it was one of the, it was one of the, the wrestling websites. Seth literally had to be back in the States. Oh. He had to shoot. That's why his match went first. Like, he literally had to be right back in the States after the match because of um, Captain Captain America. America. 
Okay. And I, he probably uh, took Becky's broke nose with him. Yeah. Dude. Not her match was Nobody looks better with a broken nose than Becky. Listen, and she had the and she had the Kill Bill outfit on. It was just like I was like, oh, <laughs> this literally looks like Kill Bill Volume One. Like <laughs> all of this, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Like both of those matches were amazing, and they threw they threw me with the um, they threw me with the Becky finish because I, I I really felt like Trish was here to put Becky over. And this makes Zoe Stark look like a credible force, right? In on the main roster, like shots out Triple H, man. Like he's smart. Yeah, he's smart. <laughs> yeah, what, what you're talking about? If somebody's watching, let's watch, listen to this, and didn't see it. You know, Trish is this legendary figure, and she comes back, and she turns heel, and she faces Becky, and Becky's going to put her in her place and send her home retired, and Trish has a fantastic in-ring performance, which I was a little surprised at. She whoops Becky for a little while. When Becky flips the script, and it looks like, okay, we're going home now. See you later, Trish. Zoe Starks climbs out from underneath the ring, hits her finisher on Becky, throws Becky into the ring to Trish. Trish gets the win. It looks as if Trish is going to stay around a little while, which great because I didn't think she had that kind of performance in her, but she did. And Zoe... Even when she was in NXT, it was, hey, she's a really good wrestler, but can't she make people care? And here we have her t- both on screen and behind the scenes, we have somebody who's famous for getting people to care and Trish working with her. And I think that's perfect uh, product placement. I think you do too. And I think... I, I just was blown away by the entire thing. Now, jumping back to the set thing, I thought they did a great job of, it was like a master class in storytelling, which no surprise with AJ and Seth being the ones. I thought Corey and, Corey and Michael were good all night, but I thought in this match, they told the story of how Seth idolized AJ to some degree and knew him so very, very well. And so when the counters start to matter and mount, we understand why. The early match kickouts on one were really good. I love that stuff because then as it, it, it's a build, just like the, the match is supposed to be a build. The early kickouts on one lead to a, then a kickout on two, and then, oh, he almost got him. It's well done in that manner. Uh, I, I really thought, you know, they're just, they're the best. Like, AJ may be the, when it all said and done, if you, Realistically, look at AJ. I always say Sean's the greatest to ever do it, but AJ's right there, dude. Yeah, and 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 you know, and I and I know it's been a while since he left from New Japan to come over to WWE, but him being able to have this run mm-hmm. that he's had in WWE has helped to solidify AJ Styles as one of the, if not the best wrestler in. Right. And if you and if you don't know of AJ's TNA, go back watch the Kurt Angle and the Samoa Joes and all those matches because I was convinced way back then that he was the best wrestler in the world at that time. Yeah, literally. And um, <laughs> actually, I hadn't seen AJ in a match like this in a while because he'd been hurt, like where he had time to really stretch it out and let it go. 
And do, have you ever listened to the last Tribe Called Quest album? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my favorite albums. Me too. Me too. Okay. Okay. Um, you remember how Andre's got a verse toward the end of it? And I remember when I heard that, I thought, man, I miss Andre. I was same way when AJ was wrestling. I was like, man, I miss this. Because <laughs> he can do it, man. He is yeah. good. Now, um, let's see. What, what wound up happening? Gunther Ali was next. And I thought Ali did a good job of making me believe, which is a huge testament to Gunther. And I hope, I doubt it, but I do kind of hope they give Ali some more uh, chances to prove that he can do this because he had that crowd crazy and Gunther is so good at working with smaller wrestlers he is not like that that match was that match was phenomenal and incredible and so we have until like the middle of September for Gunther to break the Honky Tonk Man record um like, like for me, that's that's for me and Gunther holding this IC title for so long. That's the that's the apex for me. Like for me, like I just I was like, yo, like he got break this record. Um, so I mean, I would say by the time we get to Survivor Series, um, unless they put him in like a traditional Survivor Series match with. Imperium and like one or two other people, like I just feel like that would be that would be a good space for um, Mustafa Ali to kind of capitalize on all of this. Because I mean, like people forget the the only reason we got Kofi Mania is because Mustafa Ali got hurt. Right, right, and people don't think right. And Kofi Mania is what it's funny because I was thinking the other day, as much as Seth doesn't get to do things. It gets on his nerves. He's got a chip on his shoulder about it. and But I'm always like, yeah, but he's got like the greatest WrestleMania moment like ever. You know, you know what I mean? But then I thought, well, and I don't know, because Kofi Mania was pretty freaking great. I mean, there's a handful of those moments, and Kofi's was one of those, but it never happens if Ali doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, and, and so I, I think it's time to really have that conversation again about Mustafa Ali being a – um, a top tier mid Carter, a top tier mid Carter, or a low level main eventer. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's time to have that conversation again. Absolutely. And I, and I think this match, this match that happened yesterday with Gunther is is one that makes us have that conversation again. Absolutely. And Gunther, somewhere around September, you can start looking for him to maybe pivot away from the mid-card title and, and go after Seth. Yeah. You know? Because I, I, yeah, I, I do think they'll let Seth keep it for a little while, for sure. I would love to see him get to do that main event. I would love to see something happen with Roman and him and Roman main event a mania yeah. together. Because it's kind of crazy to me we haven't done that yet considering their history and considering how, I mean, Roman doesn't always talk about Seth, but Seth never quits talking about Roman. Exactly. To and it's like, it's like he's main evented. They've main evented WrestleMania, not uh, Royal Rumble together. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, like, you honestly, you can't count the cash-in because the cash-in was really 
what what's really black and wrong, man. Mm-hmm. And I was I feel like like part of me feel like feels like they call an audible because the match just started getting boring, and it was like yo. Do the cash in, do the cash, in, <laughs> do the cash in, do the cash in. Which I mean, you know, in calling an audible, it's always like, okay, so if the crowd's reacting to this, guys, this is gonna be the plan B. So, ex- be expecting mm-hmm. the be expecting the plan B. And, right. And, you know, like that. That was an awesome thing. But like for just self, for just self and Roman. Yeah, like that. That would be, that would be, an an incredible sight to see. Right. Um, because I mean, they they've pretty much been in this modern era the two that the two to carry this company. Absolutely. All the way through. So. Absolutely, and I, and I do think as I saw Seth with Hunter in the middle of the ring, I thought. You know, the modern wrestler most most associated with Hunter, not from the Orton generation or the Batista interest, is Seth. Yeah. He's the one who feuded with him. He's the one that on screen Triple H picked to be the authority figure. He's the one that Triple H swerved with Kevin Owens. And he's the one that had the WrestleMania match with him. But also, he, you know, in real life, he's the one that Triple H picked to be the first NXT champion. So he's, and, and in real life, you know, Terry Taylor supposedly really had issues with Seth and Seth's attitude and all that back at developmental and and Roman and Dusty, I mean, uh, Hunter and Dusty were the ones who said, you know, A, you got to learn to get along with Terry. B, do you, you know, there's a middle ground here where you can become everything we need you to be. And Terry's the one pulling you to the middle, but you can do that and be you, you know, and, and, that I think is huge too. Now I almost said he was that that was Hunter's greatest creation, but then of course NXT in general is Hunter's greatest creation. You know. Yeah. And but let's move on. Bianca versus Oscar. I was shocked. Were you shocked? I was. I really was. Did you I, hate I, it? I was like, what? I don't hate it. Like that's the thing. Like I, I don't. I don't hate it. Like she's already got. She. Bianca has already already solidified her position as the the John the John Cena of women's wrestling for this era. Like we've done that. Like you hold the record for you hold the record for the longest reigning Raw Women's Champion. You hold the record for the longest reigning longest reigning Women's Champion. You hold the record for. Um, I mean, you've you've done. Main event at WrestleMania with Sasha Banks. Like, you have all these things. Like, the only thing you haven't done yet is beat Charlotte to solidify that you beat beating all four horse, horse women. Right. So, like, and that'll yeah. happen. That'll happen. And it would, um, I feel like that'll happen next year at WrestleMania. I'm not bothered by it. It puts Oscar in the position of Connor character having the belt. And being the badass heel. Yes. Oh, I'm. I'm really looking forward to see what Oscar and Triple H come up with mm-hmm. in the weeks coming forward, and who she fights. You don't think of her as a clever wrestler, which is dumb because she absolutely is. But but the mischievousness in her eyes, the 
the way she's able to, like, she takes that mist and puts it on her hand, and she tells the story with her face, even in the clown makeup, and then she rubs, then she rubs it on her eyes. So now she's got submission finishes. She can just slap, kick you to sleep, or she can cheat. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to get the belt off of her, but it's going to be easy to tell stories with her. And that's going to be a wonderful place to be in this thing. Now, what do we think about the Cody match? Cody Brock, it was a little Cody, weird. Cody Brock, just in the way that it happened, it just shouldn't have happened that way. Like, I mean, like, yes, Brock should have Brock won because, like, I, I know where they're going with this. Like, Brock should have won, but it's like, it seems like since Cody's been back in WWE, there's this injury situation that Cody is in that's supposed to make him look stronger. He is like we all know that's kayfabe, but you know that's some cowboy Bob Orton stuff. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, like, did we really need it? No. Did, did we really need to tell the story that was told in this match? I don't think that we did. Especially considering this is this is the second match of the three. We all know that Cody and Brock is a trilogy. Right. To make Cody look strong mm-hmm. going into finishing finishing the story. Because Cody's Cody in my humble opinion, Cody's never touching the World Heavyweight Championship. The story always is Cody's Cody's going to go against Roman. In order for him to do that, Cody's never touching this belt. Because this isn't the belt that he wanted. He wants the belt his dad never won. Right. The WWE Championship. I want the consolation prize. Right. So this this is only the thing to make Cody look strong, the whole redemption arc. Yeah. I just, I'm just like, yo, like we didn't need the arm. Dude, the call of the night. You ready? The call of the night was, did you say titanium coal? <laughs> and right after that, Cody just starts wearing him out with the titanium. I wonder if they were like, as soon as we say titanium on air, Cody, we're going to give you the thumbs up. And then you just go to the titanium arm for the rest of the match. And then, of course, I thought he was going to win clean for a minute, the way they kept going to it. But... You're right. There was no way he could beat Brock in this one. And I would have, I, di- I didn't like him go. I, there was nothing wrong with it. It's personal preference. But it's so weird to me that we're, that we're going to time and again in wrestling, somebody passing out from the pain. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, if, if you do that once in a, in a WWE, don't go to it for another five years. Because it's not that common. People don't yeah. just pass out from pain all that much. And there was a way to do that without Cody passing out. You know, there was a way. Even if you had him in the Kimura and then you just pushed him down on top of his shoulders in a weird manner, there was something you could do without going to that. You know, or, I mean, WWE's not above a controversial Stopping of a match. Ask Seth in the in the fiend. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> you, you can just stop it for no reason as Cody's screaming in agony, you know, whatever. But now let's get to what mattered. Oh, my God. Sami Zayn comes out, and he's speaking. He's in the native garb. He speaks in Arabic. You could not have had a more frenzied moment when the match starts. They did a great job of letting it breathe so that the crowd could give them everything they had before they touched. The match itself was good. You told the stories back and forth of Sammy having to gut through being in pain with the bigger competitors. Kevin Owens kind of being the cleaner and being toe-to-toe with Solo a little bit. Roman being the difference maker as Solo's getting pinned. And Roman really not knowing how to lose. And then the Usos get involved. Yeah. (laughs) And you think... Oh my gosh, this is just like every other time. The Usos are going to get involved. This is over. And as soon as they super kicked, was it, it was Sammy, right? As yeah. soon as they super kicked Sammy and Solo started lining up right behind him, I said, oh my God. We, have, we have finally reached the point of where the, this is one of the great storylines in the history of wrestling. It's right there with Dusty getting his leg broke by the horsemen and all that. And we are right now taking that turn for home. And that was the moment you started to take that turn for home. As they kick Solo, Roman only sees that. And he goes ballistic. And he face palms Jimmy. And he's done this before. And Jimmy's had time to think about it. And Jay is still. And the way they did it, and I don't know about you, but the way they did it to me, allowing for, like, when Roman, when they lose and Solo's laying in the ring, and Roman walks off and leaves Solo there. That's a story to tell. Jay never really, like, they didn't both super kick Roman. Jimmy did. And then Jimmy says loudly, I did what you should have done a long time ago. And this goes back to Jay not being willing to quit and Jimmy being the one that gets put in the chokehold and Jay having to say, I quit, because he wouldn't let Jimmy get hurt. Yeah. It goes all the way back to that. And it's full circle now. We have a thousand-day celebration on Friday on SmackDown. And the Usos are no longer in the bloodline. Holy cow. And it is, there's so many directions we can go. We can have... Jay stay in the middle and Jimmy challenge Roman at the next thing. Uh, Solo stay with Roman for a little bit. And then, of course, that can be your your story you've got to tell. Uh, after you tell the Jimmy, you can tell you can tell Jimmy and Jay together, or you can tell Jimmy, then Jay, then Solo. It's so good. And what you know what the thing that blows me away is Roman said a few weeks ago before Mania. You know, even when I'm not there, I'm coming up with ideas and writing this story. All of this is coming out of Roman's head. Yeah. And he's killing it. And you know he and Paul are just on the phone working together. And he's coming up with his own demise, and it's so good. I, what did you think? This match, the, that match was everything that I needed it to be. Um... Like, I've never been so glad to be wrong ever in my life because I really thought it was going to be Jay. Like, I legitimately 
thought it was gonna be Jay, and I was just like, oh, this is what, oh, this is it. Like he done pushed Jay twice. Mm-hmm. Jay, Jay, Jay catch him with that super kick, and then out of nowhere, Jimmy hit it. I was like, oh, the whole bloodline, the whole bloodline story has been so great because not only has Roman has Roman and Paul been able to solid help solidify the Usos as the top tier tag team in the WWE, but um, it's been a widely, widely documented that um, behind the scenes, Roman Roman and the Usos always always hung out with Sammy and Kevin. Like, they all hung together. So now it's just like, we know how great they are, but everybody else doesn't know how great they are. So let's use this as a way to also show the greatness of Kevin Owens. And said, like, it's just, this whole thing has been phenomenal. And it's literally been the only reason why why I watch like, like I'm really like into WWE. It's like, oh, okay, what's the bloodline going to do next? Right. What are they about to do next? It's so um, per- it's so perfect from all the way from the moment that in an interview where they ask Roman, "Hey, is there anybody not being utilized?" and he goes, "We don't utilize Sami Zayn like we need to," and and it turns into this. And then Kevin gets in the middle of it. And all the way from that to on Sammy and Kevin's pants, they wear the PWG Pro Wrestling Gorilla patch on their on their pants. And it goes, you know, Seth was in that with them. There was uh you can you can see how ROH, PWG, all of that has influenced this company. To, to in some ways, NXT was better produced, ROH. It was. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the GIN Project, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. Okay, let's spin into quickly. What do you want out of tonight? Uh, AEW's PPV. I, I, I want for the I want for the Blackpool Combat Club to some somehow some way beat the elite. I want for them to beat the elite for the story for the story to continue because this story needs to continue, especially if they're going to do the um, especially going to do the roster split. The story needs to continue because like. If you're gonna do the roster split, then we're not we're not gonna get the real story that everybody wants, which is the elite versus um, CMFTR. We're not getting that. <laughs> like, like we we might get it at all in, right? Um, but like as an actual storyline, like we might get that. Blackpool Combat Club needs needs to win against the elite tonight um, for this to be a thing leading into All Out. MJF has to win tonight because essentially MJF has to do both shows. 
And if MJF has to do both shows, then and we need to get the real summer of punk situation that we were supposed to get, which is MJF versus Punk for the title. Do you, you know, pivot? Do, do you pivot Wardlow away from the mid card title into something with MJF in the meantime, or do you let him try to? Because to me, he's been a little underwhelming as champ in different things. So maybe you keep it on him to try to make him seem strong? Because Christian can do whatever you want him to do. What do you think? I think Wardlow still needs some some, some grooming and some, some proper training and coaching. So I think we still keep the belt on him. Mm-hmm. But, like, figure out where we were going. Figure out where we're going with this Wardlow on Anderson. FTR, lethal. Oh, FTR definitely went in that match. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, we we don't put the belts on FTR to quickly have them just like, mm, mm-hmm. no. yeah. Uh, Hater Storm. 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 Yeah. Storm. You have to do something to make that feel legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, I feel like Storm should be the one that's the women's champion going into all in. Okay. You need a heel. And she's the best heel out of the bunch of uh, out of that bunch. Mm-hmm. Cargill, Taya. Something, some, something is saying to me that Jay Cargill finally loses tonight and gets elevated into the world title picture. I like it because Tony yeah. Storm versus Cargill would be a huge match. At all in, yes. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Okay, what do you think about you got your your Orange is going over, right? All 20 of them. He's the best thing in the company right now, right? He really is. Once you ring the bell, once you ring the bell. MJF's great too, but once you ring the bell, Orange is the best thing in the company, so he needs to go over. And I assume that Blackpool Combat Club's going to win their thing. So let's get to the real point. Do we have a punk sighting tonight? No. They, def- they definitely saved that for, for Chicago. For Mm-hmm. And then you have the first collision uh, night is in Chicago, and you, you do it there. Is that right? And I, and I feel like that's where we have that's where we have the Punk and JF confrontation that's needed. If because if they don't do CMFTR versus the Elite All In, then they need to do Punk versus MJF at All In. And we get you gave me fortune, you gave me fame, you gave me power in your God's name. I'm every person you need to be. I'm your cult of. <laughs> awesome. Okay, man. Thank you very much. We're gonna wrap on that. Appreciate you, my man. Absolutely, I appreciate y'all. All right, check out our friends at the Game Project. Tell people where they can see you. Of course, y'all can see me on Instagram and or Twitter at Jamal Steele, J-A-M-A-L-S-T-E-E-L-E, because I do rapping Excellent. every now and then. Whenever you get a chance. Yeah. All right. Now check us out at uh, Go Home Heat 1 on the Twitter machine. Check us out here. Check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts, wherever you found us this time. Check us out at the Daily Smart. Thank you for listening. Follow, subscribe, interact. Watch pro wrestling. Go home.